Chapter Six of Manners for Men. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jude Summers. Manners for Men by Mrs. Humphrey. Chapter Six In or On an Omnibus. The humble omnibus may be thought by some readers too democratic a place of conveyance to be considered in a book on manners. Not at all. There are several reasons why it should have a place in such a volume. The first is that during the last ten years or so the omnibus has been largely used by women of the educated, cultured, and well-dressed classes. Another, and stronger reason, is that no considerations of the kind should affect a man's manners. If he can behave like a gentleman in a carriage, he is almost certainly to do so in an omnibus, and vice versa. It is even more difficult in the humbler vehicle. In a carriage, one is seldom crowded up to the degree that often happens in the plebeian bus. In fact, there are far more opportunities for the display of good manners in the latter than in the former. Many of them are of a negative character. True courtesy, for instance, will prevent a man from infringing the rights of his neighbors on either side by occupying more than his allotted space. Very stout men are obliged to do so, but at least they need not spread out their knees in a way that is calculated to aggravate the evil nor need they arrange themselves in a comfortable oblique position, with the result of enhancing the inconvenience they must necessarily cause to those near them. Even a thin man can take up a quantity of room by thus disposing himself at an angle of forty-five with the other occupants of an omnibus. The morning paper may be converted into an offensive weapon in the hands of the rude and careless, who open it out to its fullest width, regardless of the comfort of those sitting next to them. Newspapers are rather unwieldy things to turn and twist about in a limited space, but this very circumstance affords a man an opportunity of displaying his skill in manipulating the large wide sheets without dashing them in the face of his nearest neighbor or knocking up against anybody in a series of awkward movements that a little care could easily convert into leisurely, graceful ones. There is another way in which men are apt to be careless, and that is in the disposal of a wet umbrella. Women are even more so, but these remarks are intended particularly for men, and beyond acknowledging that members of my own sex are equal sinners, I must leave them out of the question. When anyone takes a dripping umbrella into an omnibus, he must charge himself with the task of seeing that it annoys no one but himself. If he can, at the same time, protect himself, well and good. But he must be altruistic in the matter and care for others first, the alternative being to prove himself lacking in one form of good manners he must not even let his wet umbrella lean up against a vacant part of the cushioned seat, rendering it damp for the next comer. His social conscience cannot be up to its work if he permits himself to ignore the right of the absent to consideration, merely because they are absent. 
allowing umbrellas and sticks to protrude so as to trip up unwary passengers is another thing to be avoided carrying a stick or umbrella under the arm with the ferrule protruding at the back and threatening the eyes of those who walk behind is always a reprehensible practice and one that is fraught with danger and it is perhaps more than ever dangerous when the proprietor is ascending or descending the steps of an omnibus at such moments passengers are liable to sudden checks from various causes and the resultant backward jerk can be quite annoying enough to those behind without the aggravation of a pointed stick assaulting them i have seen a girl's hat torn off her head in this way its numerous securing pins making havoc in her coiffure and eliciting lively expressions of pain it might appear hardly necessary to advocate care in walking up past other passengers inside an omnibus for fear of treading on their feet and to recommend a word of apology in case of any transgression but there have been cases which point to the desirability of a word of advice on such points the ready apology covers a multitude of social sins from some men it comes with an expression of such earnest solicitude that anxious to reassure them one quite willingly makes light of the damage done in escorting a lady a man hands her into the omnibus before entering it himself and if she prefers the top he lets her mount the staircase in front of him there seems to be an idea in the lowly classes that it is correct to precede a lady in ascending steps or stairs this is not in accordance with the practice of good society if circumstances do not admit of the two walking abreast then the lady goes first both in ascending and descending any stairs it is by no means necessary that any man should resign his seat in or on an omnibus simply because a woman wishes for it the conductor has no right to ask if any gentleman will go outside to oblige a lady and no gentlewoman would allow him to ask such a favor on her behalf the inside passengers have selected inside seats thereby testifying to their preference for them and they should be allowed to retain them without interference i have seen a delicate-looking boy racked with a hacking cough induced to ride outside on a cold and rainy night in order that a fat rosy healthy woman might have his inside seat i felt all the more indignant on his behalf because the woman never even thanked him it was no business of mine but i was rejoiced to hear a man's voice mutter in the darkness she looks better able to face it than that pale-faced lad but the woman wore a smug well-pleased air little knowing that her fellow-passengers were almost all regarding her with a feeling of dislike i repeat that no lady in the highest sense of the term would ever permit the conductor of an omnibus to ask such a favor for her she would not ask it for herself unlike a woman whom i saw one day mount on the step of an omnibus and inquire of the insides won't any gentleman ride outside to oblige a lady the lady being herself it can never be out of place for a man to give up his seat in favor of the old and infirm 
or for a woman with a baby in her arms. But such matters as these belong to a region of heart and mind beyond mere manners, and it is useless to suggest any line of action on such subjects. The impulse must come from within. There have been women so unreasonable as to complain of men smoking on the top of an omnibus. Could anything be more illogical? First, they invade the seats that have been claimed by man as his right, or perhaps unjustly, for many long years, and then they feel annoyed because he smokes in their presence. Or, to speak accurately, they are petulant because his tobacco is often rank, strong, and consequently evil-smelling. But no man need feel it necessary to put out his pipe or throw away his cigar in these circumstances. Should he find himself so placed that the wind blows his smoke in the face of a woman, he may propose to change seats with her, in order that she may be spared the inconvenience. But no woman could rationally expect him to do more. End of chapter 6